We must leave at once. 48 seconds left till the explosion. We've got to get out of here. It's true, Father. The counters mined the planet with nuclear charges. We're all about to die. You know something, my boy? I wouldn't be Emperor if I didn't have some powers at my command. Imperial battleship! Halt! The flow of time! In the space of three minutes, every molecule on this planet will be immobilized. But after the third minute, the green ray loses its power. Time will flow once again, and everything will explode. You are listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight. Welcome back. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Site, episode 293. And I'm your host, Lee. Time for a little robot chauvinism, Russell. And I am, I am joined by my co-hosts with the most is Lee. It's so nice to be turned on again. Hardy, how are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I was trying to think something clever for that comment, but I had nothing. But I do laugh that we both had the same idea for our names, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we are also joined by special guests. Timeout. Uh, he's been on many times before. Our good friend Gary. I only have logic and emotion circuits. No room for craziness. Hill, how you doing, sir? All day, all day. I'm here, man. I'm glad to be here too. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we're always glad to have you. Uh, we are doing Star Crash this time out. This was my pick. We had Nadia Cassini in the last movie we did that stupid fucking caveman movie we oh did oh my god so bad <laughs> but but it gave me the opportunity to pick this movie so uh i think it worked out pretty well because uh this is a movie i wanted to talk about on the podcast for some time i quite like it so uh you know spoilers we'll get into it but uh before we move on to that we got some uh, business to get out of the way i asked for comments uh on our facebook and twitter and I got two comments, so here we what? go. Yeah. So my friend Chuck Rodriguez, who um, I've done a couple podcasts with on uh, the Grindbin podcast, uh, we're, we're kind of frequent guests on that podcast and should end up on the same shows once in a while. Uh, he says he really likes this one a lot, and that's it. He just really likes this one a lot. So there you go. Which one was that? Uh, this, mo- this movie. Oh, this movie. Oh, okay. It was yeah, for yeah. okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And on our Facebook group, we got uh, Ryan Egan. He says, Carolyn Monroe is certainly my favorite starlet from the 70s. If it wasn't for your review of Captain Kronos, I would have definitely taken me longer time to recognize her. I'm glad I saw this on the big screen a couple years ago. That's cool. 
Uh, Karen looks sublime in Dracula 72. Dr. Fibes, Sinbad at the Earth's core, as well as Slaughter High. Uh, thank you for the introduction to the Marvelous Monroe. Well, you're quite welcome. That's awesome. She's a favorite around here, so... Um, <laughs> Spread the spread the gospel of Carolyn Monroe where whenever we can, you know. Spread the love. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, now we can move on to what we watched in the last little while, and uh, I'll throw over to Gary first. For some reason, I've been living on Pluto TV. If you follow me on Facebook, and it's a wonderful uh, stream of nonsense that just plays constantly. And I, uh, for for some reason, uh, oh, I watched it close range because it was on, and. That has Sean Penn and Chris Penn and Christopher Walken in one of his most asshole-ish roles of all time. Mm. Um, you probably dig this uh, Lady Leave you've ever seen this before. It's, it's a great film about a, fa- a son whose father is a career criminal and he wants to get in the business, so of course he turns bad. And It's got Crispin Glover in it as well. Um, so I followed that up mm. with a, a Crispin Glover uh, crime depression double bill with uh, River's Edge which is another great oh, yeah. film that involves yeah, Crispin yeah. Glover, the young, young Keanu Reeves, and um, my boy B- Biscuit. Uh, what's what's uh, I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> yeah, Biscuit from Dudes. Um, I met him in person through Daniel Roebuck. Plays like okay, your yeah. your your angry young lad who kills his girlfriend in the heat of psychotic or the heat of passion. I, I don't know. There's a dead girl involved. You ever seen it before? They're all afraid to tell on the friends, so. They try to cover the and best they can, and then Dennis it ends too, badly. Right? Dennis Hopper's in it, yeah. Dennis yeah, Hopper yeah. a fuck doll for, for, for no reason. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. It's the last I'll talk about something new. Um, I watched No Hard Feelings. I had my, my minor you know, desire to watch this movie because it looked funny. Jennifer Lawrence is, is pretty funny in things sometimes. And this is a film that tries real hard to say, I'm not going to have sex with this 19-year-old boy, but I just might. And okay. it's, it's an interesting movie. It, yeah, it's an interesting movie. It's, it's about... She, she's, like, unemployed. You know, she's looking to see her mother's mm-hmm. house. So she gets in with these rich people to, to take their son out of his shell. He's going to go to college. He's 19 years old. He's never had oh, a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this. Yeah. Movie, so yeah. she... Yeah. So they, they hire her to basically make him have fun for, for like the first time in his life and eventually uh, hit those skins ironically. And uh, kind of happens in this movie. There's a, a great scene where if you ever want to see most of Jennifer Lawrence, she kicks some people's asses, butt naked on a beach in this movie w- w- oh, really? w- with a German suplex. Yeah. With a German oh, really? suplex dad. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, it's good enough, but yeah, you know, it, it kind of really skirts that line to say, "Is this a sex comedy?" Because they have like this weird, meet cute montage to where, I guess she she starts to like him, but at the same time, kind of, kind of fall in love with him. And of course, she has a you know the the moment of, which I give this movie one thing, she has that moment of you know doubt. Should she be mm-hmm. doing this through most of the movie, even before she takes the job of you know turning this this timid young man m- more fun i guess <laughs> and it's it's good enough it's, it's not great but you know that really that really does either, sound like a 1980s sex comedy plot definitely well, well if this was the 80s he would have got it in but you know mm. he, he did not this movie spoilers <laughs> you know <laughs> but um 
Yeah, that's about it, really. Um, a, lot, a lot of fucking Pluto TV. I, I recommend it. If you guys don't have it in Canada, you guys might, though. Um, hmm. Check out some I have of heard the, of it. I just never yeah. checked out. Check out the, the, the free streaming action. I think uh, it might kill Netflix eventually, because this is this is better to me. Yeah, I don't know why. Netflix are big, meanie faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are. Okay, uh, Lady Lee. So, I have watched two movies okay. recently. Um, I don't know why I said recently, but anyways, I watched two movies. Um, the first one I watched was uh, The Lost City with Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Daniel Ratcliffe, Brad Pitt, all that. Oh, yeah, I saw that pop up on your uh, letterbox today. Yeah, so um, it's on my first time watch. I just forgot to put it in my letterbox. Letterbox, letterboxed, letterboxed, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's a goofy movie. It's um, about a romantic sex book writer person and the cover model that, um, well, she gets captured. The cover model goes and rescues her. And they end up going through this like crazy adventure where at the beginning she hates him, but he's like admires her so much. And then she realizes how great he is. Like this is the stereotypical storyline, mm-hmm. your standard like romantic comedy, usual stuff. But uh, just... Um, just an over-the-top ridiculous movie. Like, it was just... It was very funny. It was very... You cannot take it seriously whatsoever. It is entirely stupid. And uh, I thought that was great. It's just one of those fun watches where if you're feeling like poop, mm. that movie for... Not everybody, but most people would probably cheer them up. <laughs> okay. Cool. And then the other one I saw was Focus. So that's one with uh, Will Smith and um, Margot Robbie. Okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure I talked about it beforehand because I think like I watched it was the one that I watched because uh, I have recently watched it, but I was watching it with. I showed it to Ryan the other day. Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't mention it, so all I'm gonna say is just it's just a cool movie. It's just I guess it's kind of like a rom com action movie type thing because there's the okay. whole like romantic side between the two of them, and then there's the whole like them being criminals that steal stuff. Anyways, I like hmm. it. I, know, cool I, 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 I think I heard of that one. What, what year is that from? 2015? 2016? Really? Okay. 2015? Yeah, it's a newer movie. Like, it's not hmm. crazy old. Yeah, it's it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. All yeah. right. Cool, cool. I got three things I'll mention. So I recently watched a uh, French sort of spy espionage action movie from 1981 called The Professional. Directed by George Lautner. This is starring uh, Jean-Paul Belamondo, who was like a big time French leading man in like the 60s and 70s and 80s. Kind of like given uh, Alain Dion uh, his kind of a run for his money. And like he's the best because like he's got this very like... I, I, it's gonna sound it's gonna sound like racist, but he's got this very typical like French face. Like he, he very much like you look at him, and you go, "That guy's French." Like he's got he's got kind of a saggy face. He's he's got a big nose. He he, he looks like like a real person. He doesn't look like a movie star, which just like Gerard Depardieu. Kinda, he's kind of like you know before Ger- Gerard Depardieu became like this fucking incredibly disfigured like uh, spitting image puppet of himself you know yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh but, but he's fucking great like this is the first thing i've seen him in but he he has been in some classic like french movies and stuff that i'm eventually going to get to and, the, and i've been trying to like 
I need to watch more French films because I'm not as familiar with French cinema as I am others uh, cinema. And so I, I just jumped into this and like this guy's fucking great. Like he he plays this sort of secret service guy for the French who is sent to us basically assassinate uh, the president of a African country, a fictional African country. Was this so, Natalie Portman's first movie? Natalie Portman is not in. No, this is not the professional with um, Natalie Portman. Oh, that's okay. A, that's I was, like, later so on. Confused. Yeah, no, it's not Leon the professional. That, that's that's later on. This is the professional. Nineteen eighty. Uh, okay, I mix them up. Yeah, yeah. My um, bad. I was like, hmm, I might know this movie. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot less uncomfortable relationships between an older man and a younger woman in, in this film than than in Leon the Professional. But uh, yeah, so anyway, Jean-Paul Belamondo, he, he's this Secret Service guy for the French, and he's sent to assassinate this uh, African dictator, basically. Um, but as he's going to Africa to sort of do his mission, there's there's a political change in France. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, we're friends with these guys now. So what we're going to do is we're just going to hand our agent over to their repressive despotic government as a sort of token of friendship. It's like, yeah, we were going to kill you, you know, our bad bro. We'll, we'll, we'll put our assassin in your jail and everyone will feel better about everything. So he's basically betrayed by his government and he spends like two years in prison there. And he finally, he escapes and decides, well, fuck this. If if the French government's going to fuck me over like this, well, I'm going to fuck them over. So uh, this this dictator, he's going to make a like visit, a state visit to France. So uh, Bellamundo goes back to France and decides, I'm going to enact revenge and like assassinate this guy. And all the while, of course, all the Secret Service and the police and shit are out on the look lookout for him. So he's got to like avoid them as he's as he's roaming around France, setting his plans into motion to get this assassination done. And he is just a fucking badass. And and it's and he's not like an action movie badass. Like he's not doing all kinds of crazy stunts or anything like that. He's just it's his whole attitude and his swagger and just like the sarcasm he has about, you know, just like he's constantly like a couple steps ahead of the French secret service and shit all at all times. Cause he's just so good at his job. So he just fucks with these guys relentlessly. He gets to, of course it's a French movie. So he gets to make love to women as well. He's got, he's got both a girlfriend and a wife when he returns to France that he uh, romances uh, in the movie. And at one point, he beats up a guy with a croissant because it's France. Of course he does. Uh, it's, it's highly recommended. I really loved it. It's, it's fucking really good. And it's got, you know, and it, it, it's an 81, but really the, the whole thing, like, you know, A, the 70s didn't quite end at the end of the 70s. It's still basically a 70s movie in a sense because it does have a bit of a downer ending. But um, really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Next thing I'll mention, Severed Ties from 1992, uh, directed by Damon Santo Stefano. Uh, and this has Oliver Reed, Elk Summer, who we've talked about a couple times in, the, in a few episodes uh, recently, uh, like Baron Blood and, and stuff like that. And uh, Garrett Morris of SNL fame as well in this. And it's a, um, I don't know, do you know this one, Gary? Um, no, I don't know this one. Uh, Severed Ties, nineteen ninety two. It's it's uh, it's right around the time where uh, Fangoria magazine decided, hey, we're going to start making some movies, and they they did they shot this in Wisconsin, 
It seems like I've seen the like the box art before, but I don't recall mm-hmm. actually watching the movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like it, it's got good actors in it, you know, that kind of carry the silliness of the whole thing. But it's kind of like uh, that movie Body Parts meets like the sequels to Basket Case. Like it, it's got a real like kind of goofy, off the wall feeling to it, and, and and some like twisted and crazy like subject matter at the same time. So it's basically this this kid scientist uh, who's like really brilliant this develops this serum that can regenerate limbs and of course oliver reed is like the the uh, greedy boyfriend uh, of his mother who's played by uh, elkie summer and they decide oh we're, we're gonna you know sell this to like a big drug company and and make tons of money off it you know and the kid is like no, you can't do that. Uh, this is gonna. This is to, to help people, and it's. It's. I want to. You know. I don't want to exploit it or whatever. So he tries to escape with the formula, and he gets his arm cut off in a in a security door, and so of course he has to inject himself with a serum to try to regrow his arm. Right, but what he doesn't know is that Oliver Reed has already like fucked with the serum a little bit to make it. Um, work better i guess for or for different applications so it's a serum that's like injected with the dn it's infused with the dna of like a reptile and a, a dead serial killer so it makes his it makes his arm evil basically and the real fun thing is that his arm can detach from his body at will and go around and kill people and then come back and reattach to his body and the special effects are pretty good, even though it's a real low budget film. And it's just kind of crazy pants. Like it's it's just it's got some weird ideas. He hangs out with all these these uh, bums down in a sewer, and uh, starts like injecting them with the serum. So it's a little bit of a reanimator vibe to it as well, because he's kind of a mad scientist, even though he's the hero. And he like starts making like these monster limbs that he, he wants to use to get revenge on his mother and and her boyfriend and. Um, it's good stuff. Good times. Uh, it sounds ridiculous, and I think I'm gonna love it. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll like it. And- you, you forgot, you forgot a very important uh, Garrett Morris. Um, you know, credit. Uh, good old chocolate chip Charlie from the stuff. From the stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's he's good in this too because he plays like uh, he plays this uh, this bum who uh, who's missing a leg, and he claims he was in. Every time his story changes of what war he was in, that he lost his leg because he, he's actually, you know, he's just a stolen valor kind of guy. He never was in any war. But, of course, that opens him up to have his leg regrown by, by the serum eventually, right? So <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, and the last one I'm going to mention, and I really love this too, uh, Sea of Love from 1989, directed by Harold Becker. This has Al Pacino, Ellen Barkin, and John Goodman in it. And this is kind of like the precursor to like the 1990s sexy thrillers done on the cheap with like, you know, psychosexual themes in them and stuff like that. Like this is kind of taking it still a bit more serious than a lot of those films ended up doing in the 1990s. So, you know, this is kind of like on the level of like basic instinct or um, fatal attraction and things like that. You know, it's got like a neo-noir kind of spin to them. And it's basically like there's a serial killer using the, uh, you know, the kind of uh, Lonely Hearts ads that aren't really a thing anymore in newspapers, I guess. But, you know, it was kind of a, a very uh, 80s thing back in the day, pre-internet, you know. Now it's just on Craigslist. Yeah, you know, it's, it's Craigslist before Craigslist, basically. 
And so like the serial killer is killing these men in this weird way. And she's targeting specific men in these lonely hearts ads. So Al Pacino is this sort of gruff cop who's recently divorced and he's near retirement. And he's like, he, he's just kind of like alcoholic and listless and, but he's doing his job. He, he hooks up with John Goodman, who's also following the case from another like precinct or something like that. And they, they sort of pull together and they decide, well, we're just going to stage these, uh, these lonely hearts uh, meetups. We're going to pretend to be someone we're going to write ads and try to, you know, find our suspect in, in, in these ads and, you know, run a sting on them. And one of the women that he encounters is Ellen Barkin, who is gorgeous in this movie. And she's a nymphomaniac. There's signs that she might be the killer, but at the same time, Al Pacino's kind of like desperate and lonely and he's like totally falls in love with her. And so he can't tell her that he's a cop. So he's, he's kind of playing coy on that while he continues to try to pursue her. And, you know, every time they get together, there's more like tip offs that she might actually be the killer. And so he's like putting his, you know, just to get his, get his dick wet, he's putting his life in danger all the time. And uh, it's fucking amazing. Uh, at one point, Ellen Barkin, who is physically bigger than Al Pacino pins him up against a wall. Uh, chest first and then starts basically playing with his junk from behind and <laughs> Al Pacino's performance. I don't know. I, I was just, I was, I was disturbed by hearing Al Pacino moan in pleasure. It was like, Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus Christ. Ah, yeah. oh, oh God. Um, it was this quite something. And there's also just this great buddy cop kind of thing going on between Al Pacino and John Goodman, who are like really good together in this film. I kind of just want to see three or four films with them in them playing these characters because they, they have a real fun time. Um, highly recommended. I really, really love this film. It's great stuff. I didn't want to mention it because I was going to review it um, for, for burnt ends. I watched, you know, because Billy Freakin passed away, and I never seen it before. Mm. I always recommended me watch Killer Joe, and this okay. is a film in which Gina Gershon um, sucks off a, a, a chicken drumstick like it's Matthew McConaughey's penis, and then he finishes mm-hmm. while she's doing this, and yeah, yeah. that happens in that movie. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, uh, in the same sort of vein, uh, talking of talking about Friedkin, um, his cruising with Al Pacino also kind of like touches upon these sort of subject matters, you know, although, you know, it's uh, in the more uh, gay, lesbian, uh, LGBTQ before that was even a, a term subculture back in the day. Um, and a lot of a lot of psychosexual yeah, themes in that. I learned all I need to know about the different color hankies from Powers Booth in that movie. So there's that, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, then we're going to come back and talk about Star Crash. Uh, I got a question for you, Lady Lee. (laughs) I got a question for you. (laughs) What's the question? Do you like music? Yes. In that case, you're going to love this. I was into these dudes before anybody. Parted with them all the time. I have a funny story about something along those lines. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that on the other end of, of the uh, break. Okay. All right. You ungodly warlock. Warlock. 
If you're interested in topics such as cryptids, airline crashes, aliens, true crime, technology, conspiracy theories, disasters, paranormal activity, religion, science, and pop culture, then That Sorta Weird might be a podcast you'll want to add to your library. The new That Sorta Weird podcast explores all these topics and more while trying to be informative, critical, and humorous. Your hosts, Mike and Iris, have worked together in the podcasting space for over a decade now and have a unique chemistry, one that just might draw you in and make you laugh. New episodes of That Sorta Weird drop every two weeks and can be found on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast delivery systems. If you're old school and listen from your desktop PC, just head over to thatsortaweird.com to listen to new and archived episodes. So fire up your favorite pod app and search for That Sorta Weird to subscribe and listen today. Godly warlock. All right, you said you had a story. Tell it. I have okay. I just realized that I'm mixing up what happened, but uh, it, I'm going to tell it anyway because it's really mm-hmm. funny. So I went on a uh, trip to New York for my band, my school band trip, mm-hmm. um, when I was 17. So we were walking down the street. We were in a group, so there was always groups of us together. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there was four of us. We were walking together, and this guy walks up to me, and he says, I love you. Like, I'm in love with you. And then he goes on and on. He's like, just just pointing at me. And he keeps saying, um, God brought me here. He connected us. We're meant to be together. I was 17. And this is my first interaction in New York City. And this guy was just going on about, like, how God, like, brought us together and how, like, he's in love with me. And then my friend was like, I don't believe in God. He's like, you don't believe in God? And just goes off. <laughs> And it was, I thought of it because, like, I mixed it up with someone coming to sell me their CD because, like, there's tons of people selling music in New York, like, doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mixed those two stories up. That's, But when you mentioned, do you like music, that it reminded me of that. <laughs> there you go. Very crazy story. Very crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> and she dated that man for five years. I never saw him again. <laughs> <laughs>
No, no, no. I was 17. This guy was like 30. It was, it was more legal back then. In New York, I think it was 18. Canada was 16. Yeah. There, there you go. You took him back to Canada and dated him for five years. He could still get arrested. Oh, well. <laughs> Can't always have a happy ending to a story, I guess. <laughs> anyway, Star Crash from 1978. And we have a trailer. This is just a TV spot, so it's real quick. The Supreme Galactic Spectacle. Star Crash. You will be blasted into the blackness of a hundred million nights. Into an incredible universe of fantastic sights and sounds beyond your wildest dreams. Star Crash. Rated PG. And it is also known as The Adventures of Stella Star, Female Space Invaders, and Star Battle Encounters, depending on what market it was released in uh, back in the day. Uh, it is directed by Luigi Cozy, and we have talked about him before. We've done uh, Contamination back in the day. Uh, a little while back, we did uh, Vampire in Venice, which he uh, co-directed on. Um, it's written by Luigi Cozy, uh, Nat Warshberger, who is actually just a producer of this. So probably just got to write writing credit because, hey, I'll get, you know, a writing credit on this, even though I didn't write shit. And R.A. Dillon and, and both of them have like really no other writing credits to speak of. So there you go there. Uh, and we have the cast here. Marjo Gortner is, is Acton. Interesting guy. Old Marjo is. Um used to be known as the world's youngest ordained minister because as a child, his religious huckster parents took him around as a sort of a tentpole preacher, going around scamming people, uh, you know, doing like faith healings and all that other bullshit. And uh, Marjo, uh, as he got older, kind of became disillusioned with that. And in secret, in the early 70s, had a documentary crew follow him around during one of his tours so he could actually expose the bullshit between these, uh, uh, behind these uh, tentpole evangelists. So he basically exposes all the tricks of the trade and uh, all the things that he was doing as a kid uh, scamming people. And he sort of got out of that and became uh, uh, briefly a musician and sort of, Tried to become a movie star. Uh, didn't quite work out for him. He never really quite had any big movie roles or be, or became a big star. But he did do a little bit of TV, a little bit of movies. And um, he was in stuff like Bobby Joe and the Outlaw, the Food of the Gods, uh, Viva Knievel, Mausoleum, which is a batshit crazy horror film from the 80s that I recommend. Uh, it makes no sense at all, but it's, it's fucking, it's glorious. And uh, something that uh, Gary and I are going to talk about uh, very soon, uh, Wild Bill, uh, Walter Hill film from uh, 95. Uh, going on here, we have Carolyn Monroe as Stella Starr, and we have talked about her beautiful self uh, many times on this podcast. The abominable Dr. Fibes, Dr. Fibes Rises Again, uh, and Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter. We have Christopher Plummer as the Emperor, and we have talked about him before in Knives Out, Award-winning actor, stage actor, classically trained Christopher Plummer in here 
uh, getting a big paycheck. We'll get into that more later on. Uh, we have David Hasselhoff as Prince Simon. He's in this. <laughs> <laughs> we have actually talked about him before on uh, our other uh, sort of sub-podcast that we used to do, uh, Cape Shit, because he was actually in Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, although I totally blanked on the fact that he was in that Um I think he's just like the the and form of played, Hasselhoff. Also played Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, in a TV movie. So there's that. That's right. He is. He he was the. I think he was the original uh, live action Nick Fury. I don't think there ever was another one before him. Right. It wasn't bad either. I remember liking it actually. No, he he was good. He was pretty good. He had the right kind of. He he kind of knew what he was in. We have Robert Tessier as Chief Thor. We have talked about him before on the Sword and the Sorcerer, and he he was a heavy in all kinds of stuff. Uh, Gary and I have talked about him before on our last Call of Torchies podcast for Hard Times because he was in that as a bare knuckles boxer. We have yes. Joe's very very notable character actor. You'll you'll recognize him from a lot of stuff. Um, Joe Spinell, the great Joe Spinell, as Count Zarth Arn. Uh, we've talked about him on this podcast before, but in real small roles. Uh, and that, that was just the sad thing. It's like he he rarely ever got like a big role like this where he's a featured guy. We talked about him in the seven ups and my favorite movie of all time, Sorcerer. He's got a bit part in that as well. Uh, again, another William Friedkin uh, mentioned there. We got, of course, Nadia Cassini as Queen Corella. And she's the reason for us picking this movie, uh, as we already mentioned. We got Judd Hamilton as L. He was in this basically because he was married to uh, Carolyn Monroe at the time. He was in things like A Talent for Loving. He, of course, he was in this. And he was in Carolyn Monroe's uh, The Last Horror Film that uh, Joe Spinell was also in uh, a few years later. And I guess he was uh, he was a musician that kind of like got into acting. He was in a band called The T-Bones for a little while and uh, hooked up with Carolyn Monroe and I guess produced a couple things Carolyn Monroe was, was in around this time as well. I like how you say her full name every time. <laughs> Carol Monroe? Carolyn Monroe. Carol, <laughs> Carolyn Monroe, yeah. Did, did you want me to call her uh, Tits McGee or something instead? Like uh, I don't Carolyn? Yeah, Car- or Monroe? <laughs> sure, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, we have Hamilton Camp as Elle's voice. 222 acting credits for this gentleman, including voice acting and live action acting, of course. We have covered him before in Eating Raul. He was the uh, the, the wine seller who, who tried to, like, you know, upsell some wine or whatever to... Uh, it was either upsell or buy wine from from our, uh, from our Paul Bartel and Mary Warnoff. He's, he's one of their victims, anyway, <laughs> uh, pretty sure. He was also in Meatballs Part 2, which we covered quite a while back at this point but he, he's in a ton of stuff uh his, his credits are crazy like you you have seen something he's been in there, there's just, just no way around it we have candy clark as the voice of stella star so i just should just mention because this is an italian production there it, it was of course post-dubbed everything was post-dubbed and uh when it came to the time to do the english dub of this film they didn't want to basically fly uh, i guess uh Carolyn Monroe and a couple other people back to record, re-record their lines. So they just, you know, they just had whoever was on hand do them instead. And huh. uh, <laughs> yeah, so like, so you're not hearing Carolyn Monroe's voice in this uh, at all, unfortunately. But uh, but uh, we you see your face. 
You do see her face a lot. And her uh, boobs. And her boobs. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, not uncovered, but you do see her in very skimpy uh, outfits in this. But uh, Candy Clark actually has a pretty big career as well. We've covered her in the uh, 1978 version of The Big Sleep and Cue the Winged Serpent and Zodiac. Um, she's been all kinds of stuff. And we have a synopsis here from Jean-Marc Rocher on IMDb. It says, outlaw smuggler Stella Starr and Acton managed to pick up a castaway while running from the authorities, who turns out to be the only survivor from a secret mission to destroy a mysterious super weapon designed by the evil Count Zartharn. The smugglers are soon recruited by the Emperor of the Galaxy to complete the mission, as well as to rescue the Emperor's son, who has gone missing. And yeah, that's kind of what happens. I, I feel like the, the story is very simple, but they go in weird directions that makes it really hard to follow at times. But we'll go get into that when we talk about it. I'll throw over to Gary first. What are your general thoughts on this? I, I dig this quite a bit. And I, I think it breaks down to you know how, how to do low budget right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff they did with the movie, especially like, you know, the 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 disembarking of the ships and stuff, you can tell there there are a lot of, like, repeat shots, but it's mm-hmm. edited very well. It's in case you're not like a Superman 4 situation to where it just looks like <laughs> shit. Th- this mm-hmm. looks, like, cohesive. You know, like, we filmed one ship going out of the, one model ship going out of the, the docking bay. We've done it. We've used the same shot like three times in a row, but it doesn't look like garbage. So, so there's that. Although, yeah, yeah. Outer space looks like it has Christmas lights, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, construction. It looks paper, like a, it, it is what yeah, it is. It looks like a light bright is, is what it looks like, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, this, this, um, and this is going to be controversial to those people who love, you know, the galaxy far, far away. You know, this mm-hmm. fixes a lot of my problems that I have with Star Wars because you watch Star Wars as a child and you have like those rose tinted glasses to say this is like the, the the only sci-fi thing that there is. But then you watch something like this to where you have no whiny farm boy in your movie and it's replaced mm-hmm. with, you know, just Han Solo and... and I guess Carolyn Monroe will be his Chewbacca, but uh, I guess sexy Chewbacca, you know. And no, I think it's I think it's reversed. I think I think Carolyn Monroe is supposed to be the Han Solo, and Marjo Gortner is supposed to be Chewbacca with his big fro going on. D- the delicious fro, I gotta say, the, the <laughs> hair on Marjo and the hair on Hasselhoff in this movie just it's just mm-hmm. immaculate. And um, and the, you got um, you got L, who's like the replacement of the androids, but. Like a, a a badass, you know, robot with a you know seventy Sam voice for some reason. It's, he's it's, a um, he's a he's a he's like a Texas bumpkin. Like he's. <laughs> oh my god, that made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, does does he have a southern accent? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a robot with a southern accent. <laughs> I, I I need Walter Brennan's voice coming out of this fucking robot. That's what I need in this movie. It'd be spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It, 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 there's lots of stuff this does right, but like you said, like the, the world building, like they're going to like these three different sites to where the, the prince could possibly be, and of course they find him on the last one because you know you wouldn't have a, mm-hmm. a space adventure movie if they didn't go to all these different worlds with um, all these, you know, I'd say great, you know, like set pieces like the Amazon women who are, are not very strong because Kill and Rope take a whole army of them and just beat the mm-hmm. shit out of them, and 
the Neanderthal people are, are really cool looking. I've seen a lot worse. I've seen the film She with, with Sandal Bergman. Oh those yeah, are much much worse than this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> as fun as as fun as she is, it's really fucking stupid. I, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it does a lot of stuff right though. Like you said, Christopher Plummer, basically being like, I, "I'm give me flowing robes. I'm getting paid for fuck's sake," and you know, stone mm-hmm. face, not moving much, which which is fine. But but they yeah, get, you know, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it felt like he took like a bunch of, I, I know he was clean and sober at this point, but it, he'd been like clean and sober since like 1970 or something like that. But it, it felt like he took like a shit ton of tranquilizers and, and just give me my lines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his, his face was always kind of that way to me because one of the big movies in my grandmother's house was The Sound of Music. And oh, I yeah. watched The Sound of Music with, with my grandmother alone. And he, he kind of like that stone face, like, you know, uh, my children have problems, take care of them, you know, kind of shit, you know, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's had that face to me. So this wasn't really a big surprise to me, him making this look, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but then you got the great, I don't even want to call him boot, like main and the merciless, but that's, that's what they were going for. Like this. Oh Yeah. It's kind of so like big. a dandy version. Kind of like a dandy version of, of Ming the Merciless. Yeah, Joe Spinell in this looks yeah. like, like Ming the Merciless, but like even more like Satan. Basically, you know, it, it, it kind of helps with his you know acne scarred face or whatever. You know, the the crags in his in his face just make makes him look more like a bad guy. It's like you don't cast him as your as your hero in any of these kind of movies. But you had you had his hair like with like little curls on the end, like oh hanging God, out the side. So like yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you you believe that shit because it's Joe Spinell. <laughs> he's got the he's got the grandpa monster uh, hairdo is what it is, right? Like it's it's yes, very much that. yes. But yeah the, the, the effects are working. Yeah for for the budget they had this is this is Roger Corman's, you know, Star Wars. And again, you know, keep it simple. I mean, simple, you know, a lot of pew, pew, pew sound design. But one thing you didn't mm-hmm. mention, it's, it's backed by a John Barry score. And mm-hmm. I think that really that really gives some prestige to the space picture. And uh, not, not so much the acting, but like the, the, the execution, I think, does it for me. And it's not long-winded. It's not, you know, pompous. There's, there's no... There's no there's no reason for some things like how um what's his name X X Acton 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 has like magic powers all of a sudden yeah there's just there's no explanation for that and, and I'm I'm fine with that like all of a sudden he can like make shit in his hands and it's <laughs> I'm fine with that mm-hmm. and he he gives a proper you know force supersonic exit. You know, to the character, he's not like written to the stars. Now he's just—he's just not there anymore. You know, so Stella Stark had bagged Prince Simon. That's why he dies. <laughs> and and <laughs> I'm fine with that. You know, it's yeah. just in the, po- the pompousness of, of Joe Spinell is good. I was just gonna say you can't have uh, you can't have uh, Marjo Hassel in the Hoff. You get he has to get out of the way. So uh, yeah. I mean, this is like pre, pre, you know, I, I think he was probably big in Germany at this point, but this is pre Night Rider, David Hasselhoff. He still mm-hmm. has that, that kind of swagger that, that you're looking for in the hop. And, Until we said yeah, it, I didn't oh, realize it. I, I, I you have did? a child of the no. 80s, honey. I, I, uh, 
I, I rode the Night Rider big wheel around my block every day. I I, uh, I now as a grown up own a own a Knight license plate signed by by Kit and and a Michael Knight. It's 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 a he he lives in my soul. I think a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, and, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. You could tell that that Chief Thor is, is going to betray them because he's all green and pointy eared and shit. And mm-hmm. yeah, so some shit's gonna happen there. You what happens? You're like, yeah, that's a thing, and, and I'm fine with that. Um, you know, one one gaping thing, and it's in the the, the audio clip you play at the beginning of the thing. The very end of the movie, <laughs> where the the the, um, the emperor has his his stop timey ray, the green ray. Uh-huh. They're able to move through that, but nobody else is supposed to move through that. I'm I'm fine, but whatever. He, he, everything else is is is, is gold. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. that small thing, and it's 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 really pay to pick that small thing out of what I think is a pretty efficient. You know, a sci-fi movie of this time, and it doesn't bore me with a lot of melodrama. It's just, it's just a lot of Kilman Rhodes very cold in space, so her, her her boobs are hanging out of that 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 thing she's wearing, and <laughs> stop stop motion robots who look really hokey, but I love it, and um, mm-hmm. and a and a lightsaber for no reason, which I'm surprised mm-hmm. he didn't get sued, but here we are. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, good times all around, though. I I love I love fucking Star Crash, man. Um. Yeah, there you go. All right, Lady Lee. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna say what I what I think about this movie. You have to you have to let me say what I need to say, and then I will tell you what I feel about the, how I feel about this movie. Okay. 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 So this movie is really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's so many things that are really bad about it. Um, I'm not gonna say too much about the acting. I thought it was like perfectly cheesy for the movie, but the scenes. There were so many scenes that either were appeared, which really didn't need it. Like, we didn't need the scene where she escaped from prison. Because right mm-hmm. after, like, oh, by the way, we're letting you go. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we really didn't need that scene. And then the scene where we went to see the Amazonians. Yeah, pretty much didn't need that scene either. Not no. saying I didn't enjoy it. There was a lot of beautiful women that were, like, so, like, those outfits. Oh, my goodness. There is, um, a, there is a funny story about, like, the 20 actresses that they got for that as well. It, it, it's kind of funny, and it's also kind of like, oh, yes, men used to run Hollywood kind of yeah. thing as well. Like, um, so Luigi Cozy, the director, he mm-hmm. told a story about how the producer hired all these women without his knowing it, basically, and, like, had them all audition for him. And he was surprised to discover that the audition was that each woman would come in one at a time and strip in front of him completely naked. And he was like, but there's no nude scenes in this film. Why are you getting them to do this? And the producer's like, just let it happen, (laughs) basically. And what? They all got the job. But, you know, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the taking advantage of girls that are trying to make it. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate that that person was saying, hold on a second. This doesn't need to be happening. And that he just hired them all for a scene that really didn't need to happen. No. So I'm pretty sure it was just he just said, fuck it. <laughs> Let's give him money because he put him through that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. Uh, oh, yeah. So graphics are terrible. Uh, costumes. Uh, some of the costumes look so cheap. Um, the women's costumes obviously are like a lot more thought out. The men's costumes just like cheap plastic. Yeah, well, if, if if you notice, so like the the troops under the bad guy, Zartharn, 
are just basically dark, you know, his colors, black and red, are the exact same costumes, just just those colors as the guards under the emperor. Well, so. uh, her winter outfit was the oh. exact same as her like. Uh, I don't even know what you would call that outfit. Her like serious moment outfit. It was mm. the exact same thing, except they put like a red suit on the bottom instead of black. Like, yeah. um, anyway, hilarious. I have a few. Okay, yeah. So uh, at one point they enter the first. I think they enter the Amazonian area. Mm-hmm. That was such a ripoff for the James Bond movie for music. Like how she enters and how they do that music it was the exact same music as like the James Bond. Well, and then it just made me think about like the movie. I was like, okay, this I know is right after The Spy Who Loved Me, which mm-hmm. she was in. And he did the score for. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. it was just so funny because it was the exact same. I was like, this yeah, yeah. is basically a space version and female James Bond that's really low budget. Because it's mm-hmm. the same idea of like the impossible escape, but they managed to escape the scenes where you need to have the most ridiculous way out and you have it like, let's just freeze the world. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to there's a lot. I'm going to nitpick this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the windows in the spaceship were so fucking tiny. <laughs> like, and also- how can you see there is supposed to be an amazing pilot and you're like, oh, we can see and we're not even moving. We're just looking far distance at these tiny little windows. <laughs> Is that the only problem you have the windows? My problem with the windows is the fact that you break a window in a spaceship and it doesn't decompress and suck everyone out of that it. That was at the end. It was <laughs> yeah. getting there. Okay. <laughs> that was that was like my third page of like craziness. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yes, I did notice that because like at the end when they're uh, all going through the windows and nothing happens to the ship, I'm like, so that, that just happens? And then her mm-hmm. just like kind of swimming through the the space. I'm like, it's not how it works. It's not. I, I did I, give her that. She pushed herself off, but it looked like she was trying to like float her way forward. I'm. Like, I'm just. I'm. Away. I'm running with it. Like this is a different universe. I just kind I of told ex- you. You have to let me finish. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Bye. you have to let me finish. All right. <laughs> um, and then okay, I hate heels in impractical situations. I knew you were going to bring this one up. She had heels Mm -hmm. in the sand. She had heels in the winter, in the snow. Mm -hmm. I know they were smaller and chunkier heels, but they're still heels. She had heels in her prison outfit of labor. (laughs) Like, the tiniest outfit while everybody's fully dressed. And she got changed. This is her prison outfit. (laughs) To be be fair, I think she was only in that prison for, like, two hours. Like She wasn't there for 12 hours, she said. Was she? Oh, okay. I've been working for 12 hours. Yeah, and she was working in those shoes. No, even the smallest amount of heel will cause your feet to hurt. <laughs> um, the higher the heel, the quicker it hurts. But even if like a small heel, it still hurts. And she, she um, was she was wearing that, by the way. Like the the prison job was to like fuel a radiation furnace of some sort. Like you know, like oh yeah. And she's yeah. like, "Well, I'm worried about my skin. Maybe you should cover up." And then okay, yeah. And then there's space suits where it's literally just a clear piece of plastic with like a thong on. Hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Oh yeah, uh, the piece by piece when the, they steal the spaceship. What's his face steals the spaceship? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm all over the place because there's so many things about this that were just so so bad. <laughs> Frank, I can't remember his name now. But anyways, our the guy who had like the metal face, not the metal face, the gold face, bad guy. Oh, the one uh, who started being good, but then he turned bad. Thor. Thor. That's it. Um, how the brain said like, oh ship's malfunctioning i can't tell you what's happening and he's there checking every single piece mm-hmm. 
<laughs> that just made me laugh like you would not believe. I was like, <laughs> you're trying to steal a spaceship and you're going through this one by one. Um, Elle's costume is mm-hmm. the most unfunctional, that's not even a word, a non-functional costume possible. Like when he went to lay on the ground, you could see how hard like the actor had to work to try and lay down. He can barely move his arms. Like it's <laughs> And yeah. all of them having to do the Batman, like mm-hmm. with the head. Because they can't move their head. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Masks are so bad. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyways, I can go on. There's so many things. I just wanted to make fun of it real bad, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just awesome. put it there. I enjoyed it. I I just wanted to make fun of it because, like Gary said, like you just don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I was nitpicking because like we were doing this, so I was taking down notes. But realistically, like. It was just a stupid, fun movie. There's nothing about it that would be, like, award-winning or, like, insanely amazing, like, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just this movie that makes you laugh. It is a movie that you're like, hold on a second. Didn't they just – and you're like, ah, oh, fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> I did have a bit of a beef when they made Carolyn, like, really tough. So with the Amazonian women, she was fighting. And mm-hmm. then another moment, she was, like, damsel in distress. I'm like, fuck you guys. You should have just kept her strong, like – all throughout like that's who she's supposed to be she's supposed to be strong yeah her character peaks and valleys a lot in this film yeah and i was getting mad at that because i was like just keep her at a peak as of like a tough female like keep her as if she was like the james bond because that's the idea that i saw Mm -hmm. with the music and like how everything happened she should have just been that female who's like no no no, i'm taking care of you because then the joke with the gut robot being like time for some robot chauvinism (laughs) would be even funnier but Mm -hmm. um Yeah, because I thought the creativity for what they did, like I know I was making fun of the graphics, I was making fun of all that, but the level of creativity in this was beyond because these are not things that are just easy. You can't just like now where it's like everything's CGI, like you have to make these costumes, you have to figure out these like metal characters and this Amazonian women and all this, or not Amazon, the Guardian for the Amazonian women. Mm -hmm. This is all stuff that's creative. This is all stuff that's really cool. That's not just, hey, let's just make some sort of thing on the computer. Like it's, it's more than that. It's putting more effort and details to try and use the same scenes and use the same costumes and use all that. So there was a very high level of creativity that I very much respect in this movie, but it was a terrible movie, but it was awesome mm-hmm. at the same time. <laughs> I, I got to yeah, ask the was... lady. Yeah. Have you seen Logan's run before? Mm. Well, there's a character called bot in that movie. that looks exponentially worse than L. Okay. Let's put it that way. And yeah. that was a big MGM production. That's what I'm, that's, what I can appreciate, like, there was a lot of stuff done in this movie. Like, there was a lot of, like, alien things and all that kind of stuff. How they made them look and what they did. Like, I can't remember now. There was that one guy. I can't remember why he was there. I'm completely blanking. I don't even have notes on it. I just remember him. He was, like, face guy with, like, weird... Oh, with the tentacles? Things. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he was, like, the judge sentencing, okay, yes. like, Stella Star. And he's a good throw. He's a he's a good throwback, and he's a good example of Luigi Cozy's sort of love of sci-fi stuff because he's direct rip from Invaders from Mars, the original one from 1953, which has like the the main Martian is this big headed guy with tentacles, and like I'm pretty sure Roger Corman later stole that shot and used it in fuck what the fuck is the movie. I'm blanking on it now, but it was reused. Like it, that, that shot has been reused for a different character in a different movie. I loved it. I thought it just 
so perfectly sci-fi, like cheesy sci-fi. Like this was a cheesy movie. Carolyn gives this look, this fuck you look that I'm obsessed with. Every time she has this moment where she gets caught or something happens, she has this like half smile of mm-hmm. like, yeah, fuck you, you caught me. And this half smile, like, I'm going to get out of this because I'm fucking badass. And I love it. Every, every time she does it, I'm like, oh, yes, you got me. Also, she's just, you know, she's got she's got that toothy smile where it's like you don't see all of her gums or anything. It's just she's got big teeth like her teeth are insanely large for a human being. Almost, it feels like. And she's she does. She's able to do that thing where she can like every once in a while, she'll give like the side of her lip a little bite. And it's like, oh, my God. OK, I got to I got to take a minute. Um, she was fun in this movie because mm-hmm. she didn't take herself too seriously either. I really enjoyed Atkin. I thought uh, his part was great, even though he just went, his character just got more and more ridiculous. Like all of a sudden he was just partner. Now he can't die. Now he's got like, like oh, he's, he's, uh, he's, like, he's he is, he is deus ex mechana, the, the character, because every time they need something new for him to be able to do to get them out of a situation, he can do it. Yeah. He was he was great though. Like he mm-hmm. he was such a fun person to have in this movie. Like he just I did enjoy him too as an actor. I thought he didn't again didn't take it too seriously, had fun with it, and you can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. Like it's just yeah, it's a lot of it was just a lot of fun to watch. Like the fight at the end, the like I was in my notes I was saying like it looks like they just blew the budget like right at the end. And <laughs> that's why they had to <laughs> just reuse costumes. Well, they they probably did too, because like the thing is, like, this movie was super low budget, but like, they kept needing to get more money. Like, yeah. they had it; they had an initial budget, and like, they kept running out of money. So they, every once in a while, they, you know, during the shooting in this, they get more money, and then all of a sudden, okay, we can go back into production and do some new stuff, and 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 it kind of shows because there 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 are times where it, like suit looks super cheap, then there's other times where it looks like oh shit, I I could see this in Star Wars, you know, like that's. That's what I. That's like what I mean. Like the level of creativity. Because that's I was joking. Um, but Batman, um, nineteen eighty nine, with Batman's costume, he can't fucking move. This is supposed right. to be a high budget movie of people who are like know what they're doing to make crazy ass costumes. While mm-hmm. you look at L, his costume looks fucking awesome. Like his the, everything that he has, he looks very like robotic and everything. He's, he's very much uh, Darth Vader and C three PO at the same time, right? Like and he, I get he can, can barely move in it in some ways. Mm-hmm. And he, like a lot of people couldn't twist their head with their masks. But this is also a low budget movie. When you have people who are professionals who are getting paid how much, where Batman's head couldn't fucking move. Yeah. Like, like I can absolutely forgive them for doing that because obviously it's not an easy task and it reminds me of the director that did like the movie i was in like how he Mm -hmm. just used whatever he could do to make a movie and made it look really cool Mm -hmm. the amount of again effort energy creativity everything like it's great that you have like zero budget but when you have a lower budget it means that you have to be more creative when it comes to costuming it also means you have to take some more time too because it takes longer because you don't have the money to be able to do things like have multiple this or use multiple of that like there's a lot of times where you have a scene you're like cool if this is one time and if you don't get it right we're fucked Mm -hmm. or if we take whatever footage you got to make it work so it takes longer to do things it takes longer to set up things so yeah i can i can really respect that because i've seen the effort being put in when you have the mm-hmm. budget and yeah. uh and seen what they came up with how they created it 
so much fun. It was so much fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I I like this film a lot. I I like Luigi Cozy's like enthusiasm, like his obvious love for like Flash Gordon and Ray Harryhausen. And the interesting thing here is before this, he he claims he's never he hadn't seen Star Wars. But he was, you know, he was tasked with doing this like a Star Wars ripoff. And what he had done was like read the novelization of Star Wars, basically, is, is kind of what the story is. There's, there's a couple of different conflicting stories, but, you know, there's obvious direct ripoffs from the Star Wars movie. So, you know, I kind of call a little bit of bullshit on that. But mm-hmm. like because he does like, you know, he does like scene transitions he with wipes have, and stuff here, here and there. He might have seen a lot of previews for it. Maybe I feel like that was like everywhere or even scenes that were reviews and stuff. Cause I feel like back then there was a lot, probably a lot of like this scene and they talked about it. So he probably saw lots of bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. So he might be, may have not seen it. Meh, maybe, maybe. Or did I his mean, research possibly. Yeah. I mean, either way, it doesn't matter because like, this is a fun, low budget version of that film. And also it's, it's really there's a lot of this that's so different from what Star Wars does, where like I said, it has a James Bond twist. Mm-hmm, that's it's right. That's right. Yeah. Twist. But also the Harryhausen stuff, like it, it's very Jason and the Argonauts. Um, I mean the the uh, the big fucking stop motion thing that attacks them on the beach is basically just the female version of Talos from Jason and the Argonauts. Um, the the golem robots that they fight near the end that's basically just a ripoff of the uh, skeletons that uh, in a, one of the Sinbad movies I believe or is it Jason Yargonauts I can't remember I get those mixed up but it's, it's it's fun seeing this Italian sci-fi nerd kind of translate something very North American through his own like understanding of it. So, like, you know, the dialogue in this is totally stupid. Yes. It, it's it's ridiculous. Like, my favorite quote, we'll scan it with our computer waves. What the fuck does that mean? Like, it oh, makes no sense. We'll go into hyperspace instead mm-hmm. of hyperspeed? Yeah, yeah. That just made me laugh. I was like, is, isn't it hyperspeed? Are you going to go hyperspeed, not hyperspace? <laughs> yeah, but, it, but, but I mean, it pulls it off, and it, it's fun. Like, the, the costumes. Oh, it's like so cheesy. 60s and 70s fashion, and then, like, dated Flash Gordon-type aesthetics. And just, like, literally telling Carolyn, you're going to look beautiful. How mm-hmm. do you want to look? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much sure, like, because you know it's an Italian production, so they're actually not recording the dialogue on set. So I'm pretty much sure that Luigi Cosi, sure. pretty much sure, pretty much sure for sure that uh, Lu- Luigi Cosi basically just said, "Look really good," and pretend you're invested in this, and and then she did it, and and you know, and she pulls it off, even though it's not her voice, it's Candy Clark. Like we said, who was uh, dating Marjo at the time? Uh, I guess uh, so. Mm. Again, a very uh, a lot of like a small production. A lot of people knew each other, kind of thing. There's this one. This... Okay, there's one thing I want to say. There's one thing that I I did not mention that I thought was hilarious. When she goes, we only have 48 seconds, and mm-hmm. the most nonchalant. There's no rush. We're in the calmest mode ever. That by the time they actually finish that speech. 
um, they'd be dead. 48 seconds would be up. And he's like, I'm going to freeze. All they had to do, because it didn't even take three minutes, it probably would have taken the 48 seconds. They probably, hey guys, we got to go. And the guy's like, okay, yeah, let me just do this just in case. It was this whole scene of being like, I have the power. Let me mm-hmm. do this. That yeah. scene was pointless, and I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> it was so stupid, and I love it. <laughs> the, only, the only other initial thing I'll sort of mention is um, I love the look of the spaceships in this. Yeah. So they're they're obviously like they found whatever they could, including model pieces from model sets and stuff, glued it all together, spray painted it, and put it out there. I love that fucking Zarth Arn's ship looks like a fucking giant hand. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, come on, that that is fucking awesome. It is that, so cool. Okay, yeah. um, can I just take a moment to say, Moonraker, you hack? Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that end scene, that end fighting scene, looks very similar to a James Bond movie that came out a year later. Yeah, it does very Moonraker-ish, right? Damn. Like, it's lots of laser <laughs> battles. And the sounds! I know they're mm-hmm. probably still sad, but that's just the way it was. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I mean the, the the movie even though it's cheap it looks beautiful like we were saying how you know it, it looks like a light bright or whatever but like for all the planets they have they have all those different colored stars they all their backgrounds look really good the the insides of the ships look good like especially the cockpits of some of the ships look like seventies fucked ins basically it's like yeah yeah I'd fuck in that room sure with um, the tiny windows to show them where they're going mm-hmm. yeah and um, sorry go on. And I'm, I was just gonna say, like, I, I love that, like, Zarth Arn's big weapon is like kind of a fake out. Not first off, it, it's a lava lamp. Like they superimposed a lava lamp, you know, in a composite shot or whatever on on the actors, whatever. But his his whole super weapon, and it only works if you get close to the planet that it's on. So it's basically a defense weapon instead of a, a super weapon to destroy yeah. things. And you have to fly by this planet real close and then it'll hit you. And it's like a it's like a hallucinatory thing that makes your ship crash. That's what it does. It, it doesn't actually kill you with any sort of special way. It, it's just a, an illusion. But we have Atkins, so we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I do have to say, that the future, if this whole uh, wave of weapons works, because I've seen this in multiple sci-fi movies, mm-hmm. how people just kind of disintegrate or disappear yeah. when they get shot. In the future, crime is going to be so much easier because, like, the body is just going to disappear. There's going to mm-hmm. be no more evidence. Like, people are just going to die and be like, psh, gone. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If I need to kill somebody, I don't even have to hide the body. It just... Well, some some of them do it. Like some of them disintegrate people, and then other laser guns are more like torches, where they just shoot like a laser beam through you, and then like a bunch of firecrackers explode on your chest. Either way, the body just magically disappears. So that is all that matters. It means that I will not have a body on my hands. I'm sad. Wait, wait, wait are you you planning some murders that we don't know? Yes, about? in the yeah, year okay. like three thousand, because I'll still be oh. alive. <laughs> I, I I call that the the Night Beast factor. If you see the film called yeah. Night Beast lately, it's a film by this guy named Don Dolor. Really low budget, mm-hmm. about a lizard creature comes from outer space wearing a disco suit that dis- disintegrates folks with a ray gun, and their bodies disappear in the same way. But like with the funny like lightning effect around their bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, really stupid, yeah, no. but really fucking enjoyable, you know. It, I- <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned that because that our, our recent movie night I I did this weekend. Uh, Lee didn't see the trailer to this because she was late getting in, but um, 
I played that trailer for Night Beast. That's going to be one of the movies I show eventually in the next little while. So she she will probably get an opportunity to see that one. The uh, delightful. I mm. I uh, it just reminded me like I was such a big fan of Charmed when I was younger, mm-hmm. and one of the the scenes was like we only kill demons because they clean up themselves. It's literally just because <laughs> they try to the beard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I I love you know you're you're right, Lee. There's there's scenes here that don't need to be here, but they're still kind of fun that they're in it. Like I love how you know Stella early on she gets put in the the radiation mine or whatever the fuck she's in for the for the prison, and she's wearing that ridiculous costume for it, of course. Yeah. But her escape, ha- you know, she she says she's there for twelve hours or whatever, but her escape is like almost instantaneous. She's like, we get to rebel against this. And all the prisoners are like, yeah, we got to do that. So let's start shooting. She does dick call. She just runs away. She's <laughs> like, okay, guys. Well, she, she starts it. She does start it. She starts it, but she stands back. Everyone else gets shot. Everyone, all the other prisoners that were like, yes, let's rebel. They all die. Mm-hmm. She gets out of there just in time after you know the reactor gets shot and the and the entire prison, everyone in it dead. But you know, the emperor's like, that's cool. I'm letting you go anywhere. So, so I that that poses a question, okay? Yeah. So the emperor is supposed to be this really great guy, like he's the emperor. He's he's the good guy. He he runs the universe basically. Uh, he is all that is good and and just. Yet he's putting like simple smugglers into this radiation prison where you're gonna die a slow, painful death of like cancer. <clears throat> And he's okay with it blowing up and all those people dying because reasons. Like, well, they're, they're, he is a secret totalitarian monster, is what he is. You read the paper that I wrote for my thesis. Um, these are people who claim to want to help people and saying that that is the reason why they're in prison is in order to re- rehabilitate, mm-hmm. knowing full well that all the governments and all these people are supposed to be, act like they're the best people ever when you see what they do with prisoners in prison so mm-hmm. i give you that back into your face exactly this is this is this is this is the american it's the american prison system just on a galactic scale basically is what it it's is it's literally the world prison system other than like some scandinavian countries mm, yeah exactly yeah but i i just found it funny it's like he's supposed to be the good guy it's like no nah, he's just maybe marginally a nicer guy than fucking Joe Spinell's character. He just has more power. So yeah. he's like, I will be good to you if you take care, like you find my son, even though a bunch of people died. Like, fuck everybody else. Like, save my son and I will take care of you. Which makes me enjoy Christopher Plummer's performance more where he seems like he's just kind of wooden and stoned. Because it's like, oh, he's this emperor who's like delusional to that degree where he's like tripping all the time. He's just tripping his balls off on whatever the fuck drug he's taking. It's like, oh, yes, the universe, the lights, yes, uh, the forces whatever of light. Of, say. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> he does it in the Shakespearean sort of cadence because he's a <laughs> classically trained. Yeah. That ends me where he's staring at the camera. I'm like, stop staring at the camera. You're making me awkward. <laughs> This, no doubt the evil will come back at some point, but we'll be ready. Dude. I, I am glad. So here's the thing. He got paid. He, he got paid. So he worked three days. He got paid $10,000 a day. 
And he took the job just so he could get a, an Italian vacation for free, basically. Jesus. <laughs> so like he was he was flying high on this motherfucker. Like he he was doing a he was just like, yep, okay. I'll say whatever. He was just like, that's just a vacation for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're just gonna get the basic. Yeah. Um, I will. I will say, you know, like some that that stop motion, the uh, the Talos stand in that one sucks. Like that's bad. Like that's a pretty bad stop motion. That one. Um, but I like the uh, the golem, the, the, the smaller robots that have the sword fights. And, oh my and god, shit. that were like in sync the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. like those ones. I thought they were pretty the, good. The Guardian, um, for the the Amazonian. Mm -hmm. uh, planet. Okay, that I have this. I didn't care for the the guardian. I thought that was. Um, I don't know. I, I because of how it was, it was just a little bit too fake for me. But um, I really loved Carolyn's performance there because mm -hmm. there's never you never see them both at the same time. But she so, she sells it though. Yeah, yeah. That was the That's one. Right. That was it for me because I I thought the robot itself was like so slow moving and like literally could just probably run away because the way they made it move and the whatever mm -hmm. like it just it was. Trying to spend spleef a little bit more, so um, was you know what the you know really it, but I you know what really yeah you know what really sells it apart from her performance too is when the thing throws the sword and they literally created a giant yes. prop sword for yes. it yeah. yeah that's pretty cool I did um, like mm -hmm. um but yeah you know this this is this is a lot of fucking fun I I, I like it, it a lot. Yeah, I could. I I am glad now that I picked a really terrible movie that mm -hmm. I was introduced to this movie because had That's I not good. picked that movie, I wouldn't have found this movie. Yeah, so, it worked out in the end. This whole journey, if you when we're thinking about it, this whole journey has been really interesting because mm -hmm. realistically, this is like a, a Doctor Who moment where if, if you go left or do you go right? Because look at how many movies we can pick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's so cool uh, just to think like all these new movies that I've discovered during this process. Yeah. Uh, Gary, do you have any other thoughts you want to bring up? Um, not a crazy amount of things. Lots of mentioned and that that's fine. It, Star Crash, the film that you should watch, in my opinion, it, it's better than a lot of these, um, you know, ripoffs, I guess you would call them. One mm -hmm. I mentioned, Lee, you guys should check out, and Lee says you got to check it out, is uh, Kinjay Fukasaka's uh, Voyage from Space, which is a more low budget actually, than this. You can actually, see the string. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it's message from space, actually. Because because I I, I, I was space, looking. Sorry. Yeah, because I was looking for it when you mentioned it earlier. It's like that's not a movie. I'm sorry. Message that's from right. space. Um, yeah. E even more low budget. You can see the strings on the spaceships, but it's it's Jap <laughs> Japanese and hokey and just just fun to watch. Um, yeah, that, that's that's up there with this one, I think. Uh, Marjo, again, he only had a short career, like you mentioned, but he had pretty pretty good stuff in that mix. And like, Mausoleum's fucking nuts. Um, mm -hmm. And Mausoleum, you get you get demon titties, and, and Bobby Joe and the Outlaw, you get Linda Carter's titties. So it, it's a win-win mm. on both of those things. You know, if you ever nice. seen Bobby Joe and the Outlaw, you get to see uh, both of the Carters, and they're lovely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else? Yeah, this is just this is just a, a silly good time and done consciously well for for a film that should not be done consciously well. I I don't know what else to mm -hmm. say about it. It's just I recommend it. Just check it out. Yeah, I it, it it's fucking good fun. I, I enjoy it every time I get a chance to watch it for something. And 
talk about it. So uh, it is it is really good. Um, we do have a little bit of uh, info here. Um, so the budget eventually sort of petered out to or, or you know finalized out to four million. So they kept adding money to it, but it eventually became about four million dollars. Um, now I have conflicting box office stuff here. The big box office I saw for it was like two point two five million. So that would say failure, right? But then like every sort of source I go to that like, hey, how did this movie actually do? Like, what did the people who think about it? How did it do? Apparently it was a success. Like it apparently for so Roger Corman picked this movie up for new line for new world pictures, and apparently it was a big success for him. He sold it all around, distributed it, and made money off it. The box office number that I gave to you guys there, I think that is just for theater rentals alone. So like, you know, the production company sells the movie to theaters, they pay for it, and that's the money that comes to it. And I think I think that's solely what that box office is. So there, there's like tons of money as far, as far as like rentals and other distribution deals and stuff that has never been accounted for. But apparently it was a fairly decent success for uh, New World Pictures. So because, you know, Roger Corman famously, you know, says he never lost money on a movie except for uh, The Intruder. And then he eventually made that up as well years later. So uh, you can get this on Blu-ray DVD, uh, the Shout Factory Blu-ray DVD, which is a two-disc thing. Really, really good. Like, there's two commentaries on it. There's like 17 deleted scenes. There's all kinds of shit on it that, like, you wouldn't expect a movie like this to get that sort of royal treatment, but it does, and it's brilliant. You can find it on iTunes, Amazon Prime, Vudu, YouTube, or you could get it for free on archive.org, like uh, Lady Lee and I did. Um, it is, there's several versions of it on archive.org, actually, that are for free. So if you're, you're so inclined, as far as any other trivia, I'll just, I'll just mention um, the special effects shots were reused for Escape from Galaxy 3 from 1981. And I, I feel like some of these shots were also picked up by roger corman and some other movies like they look familiar at the very least i think this movie kind of gives cues to roger corman when he made battle beyond the stars the space battles are very similar and like just the, the look of the spaceships and everything I, I feel like he learned a lot from this movie like he kind of picked this up when aip turned it down and distributed it and he i guess he wanted to see what a star wars ripoff would look like and how it would perform for him and then he went on and made battle beyond the stars which is kind of a star wars ripoff but is also like a ripoff of seven samurai magnificent seven that sort of thing and also this is a movie with an expanded universe if you so choose to indulge in it uh, there there was a anthology released in 2010 called curved space the Adventures of Stella Star on paperback, which has a bunch of different stories written about Stella Star that further expand her adventures. Some of them written by uh, Luigi Cozy himself, apparently. Apparently, this is a thing that he's kind of always had in the back of his head. He wanted to develop more, and he did. Um, so that's kind of fucking awesome, honestly. I kind of want to read that and see what that's like. Lady Lee, did you pick a movie for next time? 
I did. I did. Yeah. I'm kind of now um, going back on my decision because you guys keep talking about Mausoleum. But I didn't pick that one. Okay. I also did not pick um, The Spy Who Loved Me. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like you thought I was going to pick that. No, actually, I, I oh. had no real thoughts on what you were going to pick, to be honest. I was, I was, it was only until um, like two hours ago I changed my mind. Because like last week I was like, we're doing this. We're going to do a James Bond one. But I opted not to. Okay. No, I'm going to pick one, which I found out has two people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I stuck with uh, Carolyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Just because she's a stunner, why not? Yeah. Um, and I picked Maniac. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, cool. um, thought it looked cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple other horror movies I didn't realize. Okay, so another one I was about to pick too. I'm just gonna laugh because the combination's there. But the the last horror film, mm-hmm. which is another one with both Carol, yeah, jo- Carolyn, and uh, Joe Spinell. Yep. Yeah. So both of them are in both, and it just kind of made me laugh because those were like my two choices. Sweet. So Maniac it's going to be? Yep. Awesome. You're going to do that one. And yeah, honestly, this is was the hardest choice because there are so many movies to pick from. Like, mm-hmm. just uh, What's-His-Face alone has like a thousand movies to pick from. Christopher yeah. Plummer. I was going through his stuff and like it starts in like 1950-something and ends mm-hmm. now. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was like he was like 49 when he did this film. So... Yeah, he was he was getting up there, so, uh, and um, yeah, and there were so many others uh, that had like a huge list of movies. So yeah, yeah. All right, so we're 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 actually leaving Italy. Uh, that that's interesting. Yeah, because we've been in there for a while <laughs> that now. That was your intentions. <laughs> Wasn't my intention, and it was like I told you before. I gave you the option to possibly was, leave Italy if you were getting tired I was, of it. I was about to I was about to like start leaning towards some other stuff because I kept leaning into some really weird stuff and I just I felt like I kept getting disappointed so I I, I wanted to kind of mm-hmm. veer in a different direction so yes yeah okay yeah, cool cool maniac that's awesome yeah okay Gary always a pleasure to have you on sir uh, thank you for being on um, you got anything coming up uh, podcast wise you want to plug well we're supposed to record. The Wild Bill show for Torchies and um, what was it? The Shootist? Refer to the the Shootist. Yep. Yeah, The Shootist with with John Wayne. Um, that's coming. We, we, we delayed a few times and my, my fault. Scheduling stuff, you know, that's, two conventions it's, it's every, and two it, weekends. It's everybody's yeah. fault in that one. We, we've been, we've, we've pushed that back a couple times now. So, yeah. <laughs> fucking murder my soul man i think i was still feeling pain on wednesday when i got home for the convention it just was a uh, it was a bad scene mm. but uh good times though i got some stuff for the auction and um yeah looking forward to that happening this december please and flicks charity auction uh please check it out when i when i post it random places mm-hmm. um next up on the beef i think we're, we're finally doing the jamaica show which i don't have a title for yet but uh it's the mighty quinn and the harder they come it's um, it was something we were supposed to do months and months and months ago with Suzanne when she got back from her vacation, but uh, we're gonna do it now mm-hmm. because um, they're they're both pretty good. I I, I remember enjoying revisiting um the Mighty Quinn. It's been a while since like HBO said so watched that movie and it was uh still pretty good for a very very young Denzel Washington in that movie. Almost just starting out, I think, if not one of his very first things. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's that's um. I'll be releasing some Burt Dens episodes, which is like 
single shot review episodes. I'll finally release that um, that Jesus Christ Superstar review that me and X did some time ago. Um, okay. Never got to be put it out today. There's some work to do to it, and um, other stuff came first. And um, that'll be coming up before you know it. And I'm going to review Killer Joe. And so I had an idea because I watched the All Nighter that features Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals. It's a a sex comedy that's disguised as a sex comedy, but it's not a sex comedy. Um, hmm. To do to do films that you know, my sister really enjoyed when I was younger, but I didn't enjoy so much like Shag the movie starring Bridget Fonda and um, Phoebe Cates. Um, oh yeah, 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 that's that's gonna be on the list, I think. And Satisfaction starring Justine Bateman about a, a mm-hmm. girl band. These are things you may enjoy, lady. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but um, hey, you you, you at least have to do them. You at least have to do the fucking apple as well. Like that's, that's yeah, yeah, cool. that's that's yeah. I I owe, I owe the lady like two shows, um, at least. Um, mm-hmm. The beef out of the cannon, which you joined us on because you're on every one of those, Lee. Um, mm-hmm. for, with with uh, the apple and America three thousand. One of those films is better than the other film. I'm warning you now, Lady Lee. And um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I owe you um, the some like it hot and Connie and Carla show. So the. We'll we'll make this happen. I promise. Um, it's all good. I totally understand. Life happens, so and you... uh, yeah, like I'm I'm getting into school again, so I know I'm gonna have a tight schedule again. So, well, we'll, we'll get them done sooner rather than later. Then just just to, just to <laughs> get them going on. I don't I don't care. We just uh we'll, we'll make it happen. And um, all that can be found on legionpodcast.com and on the butcher shop feed and on the Legion Patreon. And if you so choose to listen to us talk more about films, that's uh, patreon.com slash Legion Podcast. You get all the bonus torches there. Um, those mm-hmm. are those are fun to talk to talk about. Um, yeah. I had inklings to have uh, Kevin release one of them to the YouTube feed just to wet people's whistle. The, the very first one we did was the movie Dry with Ryan Gosling some time ago. Right. It's, it's a good... I, I like that movie still very much, mm-hmm. and uh, that's all for me. And w- whatever comes, comes, people. Let's put it that way. That's right. All right. Awesome, uh, Lady Lee. Where can people find you on the interwebs? I might shamelessly do a plug right now, if you're cool okay. with that. Go ahead. Uh, so, in a month's time, um, my dad's going to be doing his first 10k race uh, mm-hmm. since his surgery. Um, so my dad. My dad and I were supposed to do a marathon last year together, but unfortunately he uh, was diagnosed with colon cancer, had some issues going on. Um, happy ending. Uh, they caught it early. They were able to remove it, but uh, his recovery to like doing his races again, mm-hmm. unfortunately it was put on hold, but he's back to doing 10 K races, which is fucking awesome. So, He'll be turning 73 on September 19th, and he's doing a 10-kilometer race September 17th. So I want you guys to go check that out. He's also raising money for Terry Fox. Uh, So Bob Hardy, the Walker Runner, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I will make sure to send you a link so you can put it in. It will be on uh, the show notes, yeah. And what's fun about it is that um, the 16th, I'm doing a 10K run for the Jordan Bash. Um which we're only raising money in North Bay. Um, we're not putting up a site for that. But uh, it is a guy who was diagnosed with um, 
oh, I think it was colon cancer as well, but it was terminal. Mm. And unfortunately, oh. he passed away uh, this year. But last year, we did a, a fundraiser for him uh, in North Bay. So this year, they're doing a run. So I'll be doing a 10K run the 16th. My dad is doing a 10K run the 17th. And we're going to see who is faster. <laughs> <laughs> so even though we're five hours apart, we'll still be technically racing like we used to. Nice. nice. But yes, definitely nice. go check out my dad's page. He's always doing fundraisers for so many causes, so many good causes. And uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. He's back doing 10 Ks after surgery that literally took tough out. old man. Tough yeah. old man. This is a guy, this is a guy who also had leukemia at one point. Yeah. He had leukemia when I was seven. He had mm -hmm. um, a hip placement when I was 18. I think it was 18, 19. Um, he had a blood clot when I was 23. <clears throat> that one almost got him. Um, mm -hmm. He had blood clots in the intestine. Uh, which they misdiagnosed as constipation for so long, so it actually almost killed him. Um, then <clears throat> after that, he was <sighs> had complications with the surgery, so he had a, a stroke that caused him to have zero equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And then he had skin cancer, which was easily removed. And he has kidney cancer, but is benign, so they're just keeping an eye on it. But he had colon cancer, but they were able to remove it because it was early. Um, he's had all sorts of other medical problems, and he acts as if like nothing happens. So he's a he's a he's a tough old man. He's a kick-ass dude too, because he's he's also a musician. Yes, and and he used to pal around with a lot of cool bands back in the seventies. Raise hell. He used um, to play with Screaming Lord Such. He was mm -hmm. a Screaming Lord Such saxophone player. And him and my dad were actually really good friends. So when Such uh, took his own life, it actually was really hard on my dad because he blamed himself because uh, he wasn't in touch with him because he was like dealing with his own issue, dealing with cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll link all that stuff in the show notes. Um, you know, well, we'll link it on the... Um, they must be destroyed on site Facebook group as well. So, you know, more people can see that. Oh, shit. Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at my tiny all star. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, that's great about your dad. Uh, we, um, but now you can run your 10 K and he can run his 10 K. If you get a faster time, it's like, dad, you may be canceled. All you saying, but I just beat your ass face <laughs> dead. You know, <laughs> he's, he's actually doing really, I think he's at like, he so he, he my dad has no balance. That's that's kind of like the big thing. So he has very hard time with his balance. So to do races, he has to run a walk. He has to use a walker. Um. Anyways, so he has his walker and he's doing. I think on average for 10k after surgery and everything, he's up to like seven kilometers an hour, which wow. is very impressive for um a lot of people on average. Mm -hmm. Like I know I've been training a lot and i'm now down to like i think 6.2 um so considering everything my dad's gone through everything he's done he's back at seven kilometers an hour which blows my mind like it's it doesn't even make sense like for 10 kilometers like half the people can't even fucking run 10 kilometers never mind mm -hmm. do it with a walker with no balance yeah so yeah it's pretty fun cool yeah. Uh, you can find us at They Must Be Destroyed on site, tmbdos.podbean.com, and on Facebook, which is the group. You can join. 
leave questions, make requests for movies to watch, all that good stuff. And, you know, we, we get in touch. We're not mean. We, well, we, I am. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I will feed you. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we, you know, we're, we don't bite. You can you can leave comments and stuff. We always love that stuff, you know. Uh, you, if you're so inclined, you can go on the old iTunes and leave us a five-star review and, and that shit. If you do that, please let us know. Like, if either iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're on, if you if you do leave us a review, it would be appreciated if you let us know. So we can read the review, even if it's positive or negative. We don't give a fuck. Whatever. Well, we'll trash you on live on the show if you give us a bad review. It's fine. We just want we, we just want to know that we got a reaction idea. That's all. <laughs> I, I missed the YouTube comments, by the way, Lee. Hey, yeah, I, I just, you know, it, it didn't, it just didn't make sense for me to upload the episodes to YouTube anymore. It was because YouTube's such a bitch when it, when it comes to like copyright and all that other stuff. So it's just like, it, it was a pain in the ass, you know. I missed those comments. They were so mm. good. Yeah, I haven't gotten a lot anymore. It's like, you know, used to for a while there, our, like our, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs episode was still getting comments like a few months back or whatever, but even then that's dried up. So I guess whatever part of the world finally got YouTube got tired of us and, and stopped commenting. So uh, they found an actual copy of the movie. Yeah, they found a copy <laughs> of the movie. They, they went somewhere other than YouTube for a copy of a movie. You're not going to find too many ripped copies of movies that big companies are being litigious about on YouTube. Just saying. Um, you, you'll find Star Crash on YouTube. You'll probably find, you know, any other fucking old movie from like 50 years ago on YouTube. But uh, you're not going to find like fucking Ballad of Buster Scruggs unless, you know, it's been like um, flipped and flipped and mirror image, not mirror image, like zoomed in and Mm -hmm. sped up. (laughs) Yeah. And if you want to watch a movie that way, you're a fucking asshole and you deserve to be. Uh, disappointed every time you go to watch you something. deserve to listen to our podcast <laughs> exactly you, you fucking dicks um well yeah we're gonna take off uh, again thank you gary it's always a pleasure to have you on sir and uh thank you lady lee and thank you all for listening yeah and uh we're getting out of here goodbye bye
You've been listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.